right. <clears throat> if you didn't get 27, finish up right after the service. Amen. All right, raise your hand, raise your hand if you did not get a lesson. We've got, we've got fellas here with lessons. Raise your hand right in the middle. Gus, now we do this every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. All right, raise your hand. Everybody, come on, I want you to have a lesson. This is a really, 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 really important lesson tonight. Uh, how many of y'all think it's important? Critically important. You're going to learn. I learned some things. I learned some things. I'm like, wow, this is great. Everybody's going to, this is going to be great. How many of you have struggled since you've been saved? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many of y'all have struggled with sin since you've been saved? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be some light bulbs going on tonight. I promise, I promise, I promise. All right, uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter number 1. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter number 1. I hope everybody got a lesson. I uh, hope everybody got a lesson. want to make sure you get one. 1 Peter chapter number 1. Last week, while you're turning, uh, last week we covered the fact that, that Peter is writing to folks that are in great, great difficulty who are fixing to go through the trial of their life. I'm talking about uh, the most difficult times of their life, fiery trials, uh, persecution from Rome, persecution from Nero, and then ultimately Domitian. Uh, we, we talked about all of the, the Christians who were martyred during that period of time. I mean, they're just going through a bad, bad way. And he is trying to prepare them for the persecution to come and the trials to come. And in the first part of chapter number one, we talked about hope. Say that word with me. He talked about hope. We have a hope. Why? Because of our salvation. We talked about three things, that three reasons that we have hope that he gave us. Because of our salvation, our new birth. I'm glad to know that I'm saved. Amen? I'm glad to know the devil can't do nothing about it. He talked about our new birth and he talked about our eternal security. Our being kept. We're kept by the power of God. We're not kept by our goodness. We're not kept by our faithfulness. We're not kept by our ability to do good deeds. We're kept by the power of God. Once saved, always saved. If you get it, you got it. Say amen. amen. Listen, he gave us hope by telling us about our new birth, by telling us about uh, uh, our safekeeping, if you will. And then he told us about the necessary trial. Say those two words with me. The necessary trials. What does that mean? The things we're going through are necessary. If we face it, God wants us to face it and go through with it because it's going to do something in our life to be a blessing and an encouragement to us. Say amen right there. Now, that's hope. Well, tonight, the second half of chapter number one, he deals with the subject of holiness. He deals with the subject of holiness. Say that with me. Holiness. 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 All right. Uh, uh, let's do this, brother. Uh, 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 brother Jeff, I want you to I want you to pray real loud and pray that God will open us up and 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 uh, and and help us in this particular study tonight, real loud. Yes. Amen. All right, here we go. First Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 13. Verse number 13. We stopped last week in verse 12. Here is verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, when Jesus comes. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That word conversation means behavior, your lifestyle patterns. He said, as he that has called you is holy, be ye also holy. Why? Verse 16, because it is, what's that word? Written. Be ye holy. For I am holy. I want you to, I want you to understand something. Uh, in your life and through the word of God, God will never do for you what he's commanded you to do. Y'all with me? There are steps that we have to take after salvation to do and follow through with the commands of God. Salvation is of the Lord, period. It is by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself it is the gift of God. But he says after that, I want you to take steps to be holy. 
be ye holy. All right? And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. In other words, we're supposed to have reverential uh, respect for God, and uh, 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 like a fatherly fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in who? Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth away, uh, or falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. You may be seated. You may be seated. As we said earlier, as we said earlier, in the first half of chapter number one, he is emphasizing the subject of hope. How are we going to get through difficult times? Hope. How are we going to face the trials ahead? Hope. What do we need to do till Jesus comes? We're hope. He calls it the blessed hope, looking toward the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But now there's a different subject. He begins to emphasize the subject of holiness. Holiness. I, 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 at first, I thought, I thought, I wonder, I wonder what this is all about. I mean, these guys, these guys are going through the fire. These guys are having their houses taken from them. They are being, uh, they are being martyred for the faith. They're having their lives taken from them. Uh, some of them are being burned in oil. Uh, some of them are being uh, 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 put on stakes and putting tar over them and lighting them on fire. Some of them being fed to animals. And, and, and he is supposed to be encouraging this group. And he's going to talk about holiness? I mean, I can understand talking about salvation. Amen. We, we're saved. I'm not going to hell. That's encouraging. He talks about eternal security. And how we're kept by the power of God, that's encouraging. I mean, that's great, man. I'm glad, I'm glad I can't lose what he gave me. Amen? That's encouraging. It's encouraging to know that trials are going to be temporary. It, it, that's, that's, I get all that. But holiness? Holiness. Why do you think Peter began to focus on the subject of holiness when he is trying to comfort discouraged people? Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that when you get discouraged, you have a tendency to do wrong? It just dawned on me. I mean, a light bulb come on in my head. When I realized uh, uh, when everything's going great and everything's going fine and, man, everything is doing what it's supposed to do and being what it's supposed to be, I'm not tempted to sin. But you let me get down a little bit. You, get, you let me get a little bit discouraged. You let, you let things not take place the way they need to take place. And I'm telling you, all kind of things will rise up in our life. Am I right? So he's saying, you're fixing to face a difficult time. And you're going to have to really, really focus on this because we have got to live a life of holiness. Why? God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Are y'all with me? We must walk in the light. We have to walk in holiness. Why? This trial we're going through, we have to have the power of God in our life. We have to have the hand of God in our life. If we're ever going to make it, and if we're walking in darkness, we're not going to have either one. Holiness. Holiness is an important, important subject. We're commanded to. Now, now, let's, let's talk about holiness just a minute. Uh, the root meaning of the word translated holy is different. Say that word with me. Different. different. It's different. A holy person is not an odd person. It don't mean you're weird or freak. It just means you're a different person. His life has a quality about it that is different. His present lifestyle is not, is not only uh, 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 different from the past way of life, 
but it is different from the lifestyles of the unbelievers around him. Y'all with me? Now, what, what am I saying? I'm saying this. If your life is not different, you may need to check up. Holiness means different. We live different. We act different. We dress different. Holiness is this. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. means different. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You're not only different than what you used to be, but you're different than those around you. Watch what, watch what he says in 1 Peter 4, 3. For the time past, for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Now watch what he says. This is cool. Wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of right, speaking evil of you. In other words, the, he is speaking to Christians. And he said, your buddies think you're weird. Your buddy thinks it's weird and a strange thing that you're not running and gunning like they. Now, think about this. Think about this. Has what has taken place in your life, has it caused people to think you're different? Do they say, you know what? That dude's different. Y'all with me? I was preaching, I was preaching Sunday at, at uh, Pastor McCormick's, and I'm just going after it, you know, wide open. And I'm, I'm talking about Peter walking on the water, and, and hey, let's don't be average. There's plenty enough people in the boat average. Let's step out on the water. Let's not. I said, bless God, I don't want to be normal. And preacher pro- hollered out, you ain't. <laughs> I lost it right there. It was over with. Amen. Had to give the invitation right then. You ain't. <laughs> Different. First Peter 2 9. First Peter 2 9 describes it this way. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a are y'all with me? A peculiar people. You're different, man. That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Second Corinthians six fourteen. He goes into great detail here. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? We primarily use this verse talking about marriage. You know, a saved person should not marry a lost person. And let me go further than that. If a saved person should not marry a lost person, a saved person should not date a lost person. Because dating leads to marriage. Well, it's just dating. Yeah, but when you date, you build feelings. And, and we shouldn't be yoked together that way. But it, I, I think you can take it a little further in application. Uh, uh, we we got to be careful in our, 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 our partnerships and our close fellowships uh, uh, with those who are unbelievers. Now, this doesn't mean by no means that you shouldn't have lost friends because you're not going to be able to reach anybody if you don't. The Bible never teaches isolation. It teaches separation. Amen? Now, watch. He said, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. At verse 15, what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or, or what, what, what agreement do they have? What, what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Watch this right here. Say it with me. Wherefore, come out from among them. Say it again. <clears throat> And be ye separate. Be ye, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now the word separate there means to draw a boundary. Draw a boundary. Be ye separate. You need to have boundaries in your life. You need to have boundaries in your life. You need to be different. It, 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 it is amazing to me. It, it, well, let me let me back up. Let me back up. Look what it says. Look what it says in verse number, chapter number one, in verse fourteen. Verse fourteen. Y'all there? Verse fourteen. As obedient children, not what's that word? Fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. That means fashioning. You're imitating. You're imitating. You're having the look of. The former. In other words, you have to be different. 
I want you to be different. I want you to come out from the culture. I want you to come out from the world. I want you to be like me. Be ye holy, for I am holy. How many of y'all have ever heard the phrase, a chip off the old? A father always, a father always is excited uh, when he sees his son taking on characteristics of himself or a parent, a child. Uh, He's just a chip off the old. Now, we have the Father in heaven, and we are supposed to take on his nature. Because have you ever noticed children act like their parents? Like it or lump it. Like it or lump it. It is what it is. Shine on. Amen. And we're supposed to be acting like our father. The question is, who you been acting like lately? Be ye for I am. God said, I want you to be different. I want everything about you to be different. I want your life to be different. I want you to be different. Don't be. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Uh, Romans chapter number 12. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your, just reasonable, not above and beyond the call of duty, but just reasonable. And be not conformed. That means to press into a mold. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. By what? Now, here's where, here's where some of y'all are going to learn something. This is good. I mean, I'm telling you, this is great right here. There's always going to be pressure from the world. Always. We call it peer pressure. You call it whatever you want to call it. But this world is always going to put pressure. The culture, the society, uh, 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 everything out there, everything you see on TV is pressuring you to be like them. Dress like them. Act like them. Believe like them. I was watching a, a, a sitcom yesterday. I was watching a sitcom yesterday. It's really funny, but man, God stabbed me in the heart. Because in, in one, it was really making fun. If This had a Christian mother on it and, and, a, and a boy that believed in uh, 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 evolution. And it was mocking big time the Christian. Making the person who believed in evolution look like the smart guy. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is sad. How many people are being, listen, how many young people, their minds are being formed and pressed into a mold to believe that every Christian is a doofus? And if you don't believe in evolution, you're a moron. Do you see what I'm talking about? Now watch. Everywhere we are, everywhere you go in society, when you walk out those doors, you're under pressure. Automatically, you're under pressure. You're under pressure to conform to the world, to to the satanic influence that's out there. Be not conformed or pressed into a mold, but be ye transformed. Wow. By the renewing of your... Watch this, number one. Holiness starts in the mind. I was riding down the road today. I was riding down the road today meditating on this stuff. I'd, I'd picked up my daughter. I'd picked up my daughter from, uh, y'all, y'all flipped over, but I got another verse to read. I don't know what y'all was doing. Uh, uh, I, was, I was talking to her, and it, it just hit me. I mean, it just, all of a sudden, it hit me. Uh, God said, look, son, you got to understand something. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Say that with me. For with the heart man. You get saved with your heart. Salvation, salvation, and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about sanctification. But salvation begins in the heart. God moves in the heart. God changes the heart. God touches the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But sanctification begins in the mind. That's how a saved person can still act ignorant. Because he has not changed his mind. His mind is, has to be cha- And I know what you're thinking. Well, that, that comes at salvation. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. 
Watch this. Watch this. I got some verses. See, now you got to flip back. Watch this. We're, we're talking about, because I, I want you to understand how important holiness is. To really get what we're trying to do today, Psalms 29.2. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Read it with me. All right. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering. Come into his courts. Oh, all seven of you. Amen. <laughs> Two verses we find that when we come into this place, when we worship him, when we sing unto him, when we adore him and we pray to him, we should do it in holiness. In other words, we don't need to be, we don't need to be coming right out the club into the church and, and think God's going to really move on our life. Well, I don't go to a club. Do you argue with your wife all the way here? Holiness. Holiness. Romans 6, 19. Watch this. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants, to uncleanliness and to iniquity unto iniquity, that means before you were saved, even so now yield your members, servants, to righteousness unto holiness. In other words, he was telling they had to do something. It did not happen automatically. Now you have to yield your members to righteousness unto holiness. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting what? In the fear of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. For God hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto... Now watch this one. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and wine, without which no man shall see the Lord. Watch this. Watch this. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4. Now he's talking to saved people. Paul is speaking now. And he's talking to saved people. After you're saved. When? After you're saved. That ye put off concerning the former conversation. That means behavior, activity lifestyle concerning the former lifestyle of the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be what's that word renewed in the spirit of your what and that you put on the new man which after God has created in righteousness and true holiness Romans 12 1 and 2 well let's just go to 2 and read 1 be not conformed to this world but be ye be ye be ye by the renewing of your what? Mind. Mind. Now the word transform. The word transform uh, is from the Greek word metamorphio, which means metamorphosis. Metamorphosis is a change from the inside out. A change from the inside out. You have to change your mind. You have to transform your mind. Because see, if you're saved for 20 years, or excuse me, you're lost for 20 years and you get saved, you have 20 years worth of wrong thinking that has to change. And now you have to, what kind of mind do we need to have? Let this mind be in you, which was also in. Be not conformed to this world. Don't be pressed into their mold. Don't be, don't be pressurized into what they want you to be. Uh, but be ye transformed. That means something that takes place on the inside. It is a process that begins on the inside. And listen, the process that begins on the inside eventually shows on the outside. See, it's the same word, it's the same thing that the butterfly does. He, he begins to transform from the inside out. You see, that's why... A lot, of, a lot of churches are really messing up and a lot of preachers are messing up because they're beating people over their head. They're trying to use the world's way to change people. Let me illustrate. Be not conformed. Don't be pressured into a mold. You say, yeah, people are doing it all over America. They're beating people over the head, trying to pressure them into being what they are or looking like they look. Instead of feeding them the word of God and letting God go on the inside and cut. 
and cause a process of transformation. You know what I found out? People that you pressure into a mold, when you leave, they change molds. But if you just feed them the word of God, it'll get on the inside. And then, <laughs> man, I want to cut loose and preach about five minutes right there on that right there. But I, oh, I got two pages to go. Our mind. Our mind. We struggle so much in our Christian life because we have not transformed our mind. We love Jesus, but we're still thinking like the old man. We want to serve God and we want to be a blessing, but we're still thinking like the old man. And we have not transformed our mind. What was the first thing, what was the first thing that Peter mentioned and brought up when he began to talk about holiness? He said, wherefore, gird up the loins of your... Y'all with me? Now some of y'all are like, what in the world does that mean? In that day, in that day men wore long flowing robes, touched the ground, went all the way to the ground. When they would go into battle or when they would go to work or anything of that nature, uh, they would take those long flowing robes um, from the ground and they would lift them up about around their waist and they would tie them off. And it means to gird, to secure. Y'all with me? That's what he's meaning. And what he's saying is our minds have to be secured. Gird up the loins of your mind. We, listen, when it comes to holiness, we have to start in the mind. Salvation begins in the heart, but holiness begins in the mind. Because how you think will determine how you act. Does that make sense? Now watch this. Watch this. Boy, this is going to help people. I'm telling you, it's going to help people. Yeah, let me say this. If you ignore this, you're never going to change. If you ignore what we're teaching tonight, you're always going to struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle. Now, we're always going to fight the devil. We're always going to fight the flesh. We're always going to fight society. But sometimes, listen, God expects us to be successful. But if we never change our way of thinking, if we never transform and renew our mind, we will always fail. Now, how many of y'all are tired of failing in that department? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Look here. Three things I want you to write down right here. Our mind. Our mind. What kind of mind do we need to have? A, he says it this. We need to have a disciplined mind. Write that down. We need to have a disciplined mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up means pull your thoughts together. Say that with me. Pull your thoughts together. How many of y'all guys, how many of y'all guys uh, really, really uh, could use some tightening up on the, on the thought process? And the rest of you are lying. Let's just be straight. Good-looking woman walks by, got about enough clothes on to cover Blue Jay. What do we need to do? We need to do some girding. Amen? Yeah, I'll amen myself. Y'all don't have to amen. We need to pull our thoughts together. Amen? Listen, a disciplined mind. How about when something makes you mad? Pull out in front of you in traffic. Talks bad about your kid. Come on, mamas. Do you respond like Jesus? Say, yeah, I turn over the tables and get a whip. Amen. I, that, ain't, that don't. Uh, you're, you're reading the wrong version. Amen. That's. I don't believe that's exactly what he had in mind, amen? Disciplined mind. I want, I, I'm, I, I want my mind to be more disciplined. I want to be able to control my thoughts better. I don't think you can control your thoughts. The Bible says the thought of foolishness is sin. If we had not the ability to control our thoughts, then, then uh, it would not be a sin. Now, 
Does that mean, an old preacher said it this way one, and it's great, man. I, I, I like how he said it. He said, he said uh, when a thought comes in, it's, it's like a bird landing on your head. You may not can control the bird landing on your head, but you can control him building a nest. A fleeting thought coming in, you can get a hold of that thing and not let it take root and, and listen and develop uh, uh, seeds of adultery. Are you all with me? Now listen, a disciplined mind. He says, gird up the loins of your mind. Let's get our mind together. If we're going to be holy, we got to have a disciplined mind. If we're going to be holy, we have to have a sober mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be disciplined. He says, be sober. Sober means to be calm, steady, controlled, to be alert. The fact that Christ is coming should encourage us to be calm and collected. The fact that Satan is on the prowl is another reason to be sober-minded. Those two verses, 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober. Watching the prayer. He says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be alert. Be alert, pay attention, pay attention. Be, be vigilant because your adversary the devil has a roaring lion. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now why would he write that? Because he had the devil's teeth marks in his behind. Because Jesus tried to warn him. Peter, Satan has desired to have thee that he may sift you as wheat. You know what he's saying? He's after you. He is on your trail. He is sniffing you out. He is trying to get you. He wants you. But Peter wouldn't have none of it. He said, oh, I got this. You know what he was saying? I wasn't sober. I wasn't thinking clearly. I wasn't alert. I wasn't paying attention. Listen, I promise you, as soon as you drop your guard, Satan's going to bust you right in the mouth. And let me tell you, usually when that takes place, right after the best services we ever had. Because usually after a really, really good service here at Temple, our guard is down. It has been said that you need to be the most wary after the greatest battle. Amen? Be alert. Be sober. If we're going to accomplish this holiness thing in our life, we're going to have to have a disciplined mind. We're going to have to have a sober mind, an alert mind, uh, uh, an aware mind. But then we have to have an optimistic mind. An optimistic mind. He says this, And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hope to the end means to set your hope by or to have a hopeful outlook. The result of this spiritual mindset is that a believer experiences the grace of God in his life. To be sure, we will experience grace when we see Christ, but we can also experience grace today as we look for his return. Looking for Christ to return strengthens our faith and hope in difficult days, and this imparts to us more of the grace of God. Titus 2 puts all of these together. Grace, uh, holiness, and hope, all these together. Watch what it says. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now what does grace teach us? Teach us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly, in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're looking for the Lord's return, you're going to be motivated to be holy. Did anybody ever have parents that were uptown or at work or something? You had another parent that said, well, your daddy's coming home. And he gave you a list to do. And, and, and you may have procrastinated, but right before he gets home, you burn that list down. Say amen. Well, see, if Jesus could come at any moment, and we really believe that, then it's going to motivate us to be holy. To be holy. Listen, holiness starts with our mind. I'm just... None of this, this part right here is in your notes. Guys, let me talk to guys because I'm, I'm, I am you. Uh, be careful reading things and watching things and listening to things that affects your thinking. Be careful seeing things and letting things get into your mind that's going to affect how you see your spouse in a negative connotation. 
Be careful of the things that causes you, and, and you know it. I mean, we're going, it's, it's all grown-ups in here. Uh, uh, it's, it's things on, whether it be on a computer, things at work, things in magazines, things on Facebook. Be careful. Because everything starts in the mind. That's why Jesus said, if you've looked upon a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery already. Why? Because it starts in the mind. People have said this about an adulterous affair. Well, it just happened. No, it didn't. No, 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 it did not. It started here a long time before it got in the bed. That's why Jesus said, protect your mind. Holiness starts in the mind. It is so important that we get this. Renew your mind. We have to renew our mind. If we're ever going to be transformed, we have to focus on our mind. How do we change our mind? How do we transform the way we think about things? How do we transform the way we see things? How do we transform and think like God thinks? Well, we're going to have to know his mind. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to know how he thinks. And how are we going to do that? His word. So first, Peter instructs us and he begins to teach us about the mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Salvation begins in the heart. Holiness begins in the mind. Now, watch what he says. Let's look at the second thing. First, he deals with the mind. Now, he deals with the scriptures. It says in verse number, uh, 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 verse number 16. What's the first word? First word. First word. Because. Now, if you see because, you got to go back and read before it. Right? Because. Now, he says before that, be ye holy. Right? Y'all got to tighten up now. Verse 15. He says in verse 14, don't, don't fashion yourselves according to what you used to be, your former lust, and the things you did when you were ignorant of the, of the right way. He said, don't be like that. He says, but be ye holy. Because he that called you is holy, so be ye holy. Because. Because. Why should we be holy? Because it is that one phrase right there. Because it is written. Should be the answer to every question a lost person asks you. Why do y'all dress like that? Because... It is. Why do y'all do these things that you do? Because it is. And you can even pull this over on, on fundies that want to have more rules than Jesus. Why don't y'all do that? Because it is not. Woohoo! You ought to have a tie on. If it said, thou shalt wear a tie when you teach or preach, I'd be wearing one. Y'all with me? Everything that we are, everything that we believe, everything that we hold dear, all, the only authority we have is what is written. Written. You mean to tell me I'll have authority with what's written? Only if you know it. Because it is written, be ye holy. Why should you be holy? Because it says to. Amen? Why should I re renew my mind? Because it is written. Amen? Well, we're having fun, ain't we? It's, it's, it's going to, watch this right here. Oh, this is good. It is written is a statement that carries great authority for the believer. You know what Brother Craig told me? Brother Craig told me one time, he said, he said, now, Malcolm, when you get to preaching, if, you, uh, if, if you're preaching the word, God's got your back. He said, but if you get off on your own opinions and preferences and out there in left field and, and, and you got getting what, you're on your own. And when you ever talk to people about their problems or about their situations or they're asking you things, listen, if you, if you, if you give anything but what is written, you're on your own. 
But if you say, here's what God says, God's got you back. Amen? The authority is in the word of God. Our Lord used the word of God to defeat Satan, and so may we. The word of God has a sanctifying ministry in the lives of dedicated believers. John 17, 17, I got it right there in your notes. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Those who delight in God's word, meditate on it, and seek to obey it will experience God's direction and blessing in their life. Uh, 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 Brother Jeff, you got your Bible open? Uh, Psalms 1. Turn, turn with me to Psalms 1 and, 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 and read real loud. Uh, Psalms 1, uh, 1 through 3. It, just have that ready. Uh, the word reveals God's mind, so we should learn it. It reveals God's heart, so we should love it. It reveals God's will, so we should live it. Our whole being, mind, will, and heart, should be controlled by what? The Word of God. Brother Jeff, real loud. Stand it real loud. like that description of your life especially the last part whatsoever he doeth shall man that's me that's what I want go back to verse 1 verse 1 read verse 1 real loud watch this okay walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly all right he doesn't do that why he's meditating on the word second part he doesn't stand in the way of sinners. Why? He's meditating on the word. All three of those negative connotations, he's not doing anything, any part of that. Why? His focus is on the word of God. He's meditating on it. He's meditating. He's thinking about it. In other words, he doesn't just look at it when the preacher reads it on Sunday morning. Amen? We have to love God's word. We have to love it. Now, what is God's word? Write this down. First, uh, Brother uh, uh, Julio, Ephesians chapter number 6. Brother Buchanan. <laughs> Ephesians 6. All right. It's his nickname. Ephesians 6, verse 10, when you get there. Uh, the word of God, A, write this down, is a sword for battle. The only weapon... The only weapon that God has given you to defeat the devil is his word. The only one. No other. That's it. Period. Finito. Say amen. Brother, you can stand real loud and read real loud. Now he's fixing to describe the armor. So far, he's described defensive wear. Y'all with me? Defensive wear. Only one offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And here's the thing you've got to remember, too. It's not the sword of the saint. It's the sword of the... Watch how this works. Watch how this works. When you're in the battle and you have prepared yourself for the... And by the way, if you don't prepare for the battle beforehand, you're going to get beat up in the battle. Y'all with me? But if you have, if you have the, the, the sword in the chest, if you have bullets in the gun, if you will, you can go in the spirit. You say, well, how am I going to remember that? Listen, it's the sword of the spirit. 
So when you're in the heat of battle and you need a word, the Holy Spirit will bring it back to your memory. I can tell you over and over and over and over again how that works. I was, I was, I was riding with Brandy today. In, in a verse that I hadn't read in a while, it just come to mind, I started quoting it. Boom, 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 boom. And it was just, man, I, man, I felt just energized by God's word because the Holy Spirit brought it to my remembrance when I needed it. Don't think that you've got to memorize the whole Bible. You need to memorize verses, especially areas of your weakness. I, I, technically, I wouldn't have to memorize verses about alcohol. I have some. You know, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. They that are deceived thereby are not wise. You know, the Bible says we're not to give uh, uh, alcohol to our neighbor. If we're not to serve it, you sure shouldn't drink it. Say amen. I, I have these, in, but I, I don't necessarily need them because alcohol is no temptation to me. I could sit around 500 gallons of it, and it don't bother me a bit because I ain't messing with it. I don't like it. don't appeal to me whatsoever. But there are areas of my weakness that I need, to, I need to fortify in my life, and I need to have them verses. Y'all with me? Now, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, it is a sword for battle. Watch what Jesus did. Jesus was in all points tempted as we are. The Bible says he was in all points tempted as we are. He was tempted in three different areas of life. And you'll find those areas. You'll find those areas in the New Testament. Uh, the, 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 the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Every sin that's ever been committed, every sin there is, is in them three categories. And all three of those categories, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness with. And you know what he did when he came to him? First one, you know, he's been, he's been fasting 40 days. Now keep this in mind. The devil knows your weakness. He's a physical man he's in the flesh he got hungry just like everybody else he got weary just like everybody else he got tired just like everybody else he'd been fasting 40 days he was hungry he said if thou be the son of God turn these stones into bread he said it is it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God somebody say amen it is written and the devil came back and it's funny because he quoted the word to the word he said, it is also written. All three times, he hit him with the same thing. It is written. It is written. It is written. Why? The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen, don't fight the devil with your opinions. Don't fight the devil with anything else. Say, it is written. Every battle you'll ever face, every temptation you'll ever face, you'll have power in the word of God. But you gotta, you got to learn it. Listen, if there was a certain area of weakness that kept getting me, if it just kept getting me, if it just kept defeating me in my Christian walk, I would find every single verse in the Bible I could on that, make index cards and memorize it till I, I was reading it in my sleep. Why? Because the only weapon you have against the devil and all the things of the world is the Word of God. It is a sword for battle. Then B, B, it is a light for guidance. Psalms 119, 101. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What was that for? They, they didn't drive around in cars. They walked most of the places they went. And that lamp, they would hold it out in front of them so they'd know what steps to take. So they wouldn't trip over a boulder. They wouldn't fall over a ravine. That, that light would be out in front of them and it would cast a light so they would know what step. It is a, it is a lamp unto my, and a light unto my. People come all the time. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Spend some time in the word. See if you can find verses. That, marriage. Let's say that. Let's just use that as an illustration. There's all kind of verses in there and tell you who to look for and what to look for and how to look for it and who not to marry. We just read one earlier. Well, they're not saved, preacher. I got a verse. You see what I'm saying? I guarantee you, if you'll stop and take some time, if you need help and guidance, if you need some advice, go to the book. And you know, in the world today, in the world today, in the technology we have today, there's really no excuse. 
Because there's five million Bible study programs on the computer that you could just click one word. I'm looking for uh, verses on such and such. And uh, honestly, am I right, people? So are we allowing it? Are we allowing it to be that? Or are we calling everybody we know and asking their opinion? Now, let me say this. Let me say this. Nothing wrong with getting counsel. Everything's right with getting counsel. I, I, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. But some of y'all could save some time if you get in this. Y'all with me? And, I, and, 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 and I've, got, I've got several people that come in for counseling, and that's great. And I'm not, I'm not against that whatsoever. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying this, that some of the things that you're looking for could be found right here. Right here. All right? It is a light. It is a light for guidance. C, it is food for strength. This is a really good one. This is a really good one. Mercy. That clock just keeps on ticking, don't it? Uh, Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Job 13, 12, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Now, here's where I want to illustrate this. Uh, there, there are people that, 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 that go in wilderness survival stuff and all this kind of thing. And, uh, and, 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 and when they haven't eaten in a while, the, uh, everything in their body starts, you know, they get weak. They get weak. They lose strength. And, and they have to have protein they have to have these things to, to keep their strength up. There's been times when I hadn't ate for a while, and it sure hadn't been as long as some of them, but I could feel myself not having strength. And I'd just eat a little bit of something, and man, I, I, I'd feel better. I'd feel stronger. And, 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 here, and here's what happens. If we haven't been feeding on the Word of God, spiritually, we're going to get weak. And we're going to be more susceptible to the, the wiles of the devil. And the temptations of our life. I can tell, I can tell when, when I haven't been in the word like I need to be in the word. Because the temptation feels stronger. Do you hear what I said? The temptations, the things that I fight and I face on a daily basis, they feel stronger than normal. You know why? Because I am weaker because I haven't been feeding on the Word of God. I, I can tell when I've spent a lot of time in my Bible. I'm telling you, I can tell. So how can you tell? Because little sins bother me more. I can watch something on TV, and, 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 and the least little thing, uh, 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 just, like, just like that deal that caught my attention the other night, uh, uh, man, it stands out. And my, my spiritual stamina is a whole lot stronger when I've been in my Bible. When I've been reading my Bible. And let me say this too. There again, there's no excuse for this anymore. Because you can get the Bible on CD. You can get the Bible on your phone. You can get the Bible for any computer there is. You say, I'm a, I'm a terrible reader. You can get it read to you. That's right. You can get it read to you in dramatized version. I'm talking about, it's like, ooh, I got a version where Satan is talking in the garden. I'm like, dude. I told you my attention span ain't great. I need all the help I can get. Amen? It's great. God's really saying, oh, this is wonderful. This is cool. Amen? We don't have no excuse. Don't, don't even bring no excuse and say, well, I just, I can't read my Bible or I can't. Yeah, you can. You just don't want to. I tell you what, though, you get tired of getting beat up by the devil, you'll start reading it. Listen, it's a sword for battle. It's a light for guidance. It's food for strength. This is really important. It's water for washing. Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might, now he's talking about the church, that he might sanctify 
and cleanse it with the water, washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. What happens? The bride of Christ comes to Christ dirty, messed up, defiled, and God starts taking his word and starts cleaning it up. How, how can we use this in a practical form? Well, when, you, when, you've, when you've not been feeding on the word and you get weak, you get defiled because you end up doing things you shouldn't do. You end up allowing mistakes and things in your life that really shouldn't have took place and you get dirty. So what happens is you get in the book and it's time to take a bath. Preacher, I've allowed such and such and such that, well, listen, get your Bible, go get cleaned up. Start taking a bath. Listen, just taking an old-fashioned spiritual bath. Just start reading the Bible. And there's something about just, just reading the Bible that just makes you feel clean again. It's water. It, I, I'm not making this up. I just read it. Let me read it again. Some of y'all are looking funny. <laughs> that he might sanctify and cleanse. What do you cleanse? That which is, amen, with the washing of water by the word. Amen. Water for washing. How many of y'all have needed washing before? The rest of you lying. We're in church. Amen? All right. Number three, the reminder. This is the most important one. Be ye holy, for I am holy. 18, verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, of the Lamb without blemish, and without spot. He reminds them of two things in these two verses. First, their past life. It was a life of slavery. He said, you were not redeemed. The word redeemed means to buy back. He's, he is reminding them, you were once a slave to sin. In this paragraph, Peter reminded the readers of their salvation experience. A reminder that all of us need uh, uh, that all of us regularly need. He reminded them of what they were. They were slaves who needed to be set free. The word redeemed to us is really a theological term, but it carried a special meaning to people in the first century Roman Empire. There were probably 60 million slaves in the empire, and many slaves became Christians and fellowshiped in the local assemblies. A slave could be purchased for his own freedom or could purchase his own freedom if he could collect sufficient funds, which was a rare deal, or his master could sell him to someone who would pay the price and set him free. Redemption was a precious thing in that day, and we must never forget the slavery of sin. Why should we live holy? Because there was a day we were set free. There was a day that somebody paid our redemption price so we could be delivered. Amen? Our past life of slavery, our past life of emptiness. Emptiness. He said in verse number 18, from your vein, which means empty, empty conversation, behavior, lifestyle. You were redeemed from an empty lifestyle that you received from your fathers. It's amazing to me the people that party and have a big time. I was, sitting at a, I was sitting at a restaurant Sunday night after church, or actually it was Monday, Monday night after church, and, and, and me and the pastor and his wife were sitting there, and there was, a, there was a table over here surrounded by young couples who was drinking and carrying on, just doing what lost people do. And they were just really living it up and hamming it up and, 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 and on the outside having a big time. But you know what? All of that is surface. If we could really see what was going on on the inside. No matter how much they look like they're enjoying having a party. No matter how much they, they, they look like. I, I love the song that says, when I got saved, I just started living. I just started living. I found me a brand new life. 
It changed my direction. Are y'all with me? There was times we, listen, thought they were living it up. Thought they were, listen, having the, the life of the party. But boy, the moment they got saved, they realized how empty that lifestyle really was. Listen, he said God delivered you from an empty life. Not only that, he reminded them of their past life and he reminded them of the precious, precious gift. You were not redeemed by silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Preacher, why should I be holy? Because you were very expensive. You were very, very, very expensive. Why should you live like a slave and still be the old way, the old man, the old lifestyle when God paid so much for you to have the new? Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as a way of reminder, where does holiness begin? In the mind. In the mind. God, protect our minds. God, protect our minds. Men, let's renew our minds. Let's, let's, let's focus on the Word of God and allow God to transform our minds. Because I promise you, the more of the Word of God, it, it, it'll cause you to think differently. And when you start thinking differently, it causes you to act differently. Are y'all with me? Holiness. We need to be Holy. Father.